guys, welcome back to another episode of Hospitality TV. Today we're in Del Mar with a good friend of mine, Augusto Ferrarese. He's the wine director for the Cucina Urbana Group, which holds up to five different restaurants now. Uh, he's given us the time out of his day to sit down. Um, so I really appreciate it, man. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, uh, one of the reasons I'm most excited to do this is that we always run into each other. We never have enough time. <laughs> You're super busy, I'm super busy, um, and we finally get to sit down and kind of exchange some thoughts. So I'm super, super excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Love it. Um, I'd love to just get into um, a little bit of your background and how you got to kind of where you are today. If we can just go backwards and, and you can give us kind of the intro of how you got into wine and the business. Yeah, of course. You know, uh, as you well know, you know, especially by my accent, you know, it's, uh, I'm Italian, so I was born and raised in uh, Verona. It's a small little tiny town, uh, pretty close to Venice, kind of like an hour uh, west of Venice. And uh, my grandpa had a farm. So my grandpa was a you know, engineer doing a completely different side of business, but uh, he was farming grapes. He loved vineyards and you know, we had a good amount of plantings. And uh, you know, since when I was a kid, I was spending my summers just helping him. And so that really kind of like, you know, uh, made me realize uh, how fun it was actually to make wine. Mm -hmm. And then later on I realized how hard it is to make wine because when you get older, you have more responsibilities. And uh, in the same, at the same time, um, you know, in high school, my best friend uh, was uh, coming from a really well-known family. Uh, his family um, opened Bottega del Vino, pretty famous restaurant uh, in Europe. And uh, his father owned, at that time, five, six restaurants, and one had been to some missions since the 80s. So I kind of like, you know, stumbled into it, like, you know, doing a lot of like weekends, started making pizzas, like, you know, behind the, uh, the counter, and then- uh, How old were you when you started? You know, I was young, man. I was like 16 years old, nice. you know, and then, you know, uh, and I feel like also seeing the back of the house side of it uh, definitely made me realize like, you know, uh, the restaurant, uh, you know, business and as a whole and not just focusing on, you know, what we do on a daily basis, like taking care of the guests. Yeah. So, um, and, uh, and that was fantastic because, you know, I got to see also how uh, Star Mission restaurant operates. So kind of like a completely different upper scale uh, level of service and hospitality, especially. So that was mesmerizing. And then uh, what happened is like when we were um, a little over 21, uh, I did an experience in the US actually uh, with uh, Piero Salvaggio. And uh, so um, I met him um, in, um, in Los Angeles at Valentino. And then he offered us a job. We were just here for three months and he offered us a job in, in Vegas. You can imagine like 21 years old, Vegas, kind of like overwhelming, mm -hmm. you know, the pays. You know, it was just incredible. And uh, that was a really important experience for me because I had to see someone at that level, you know, like Piero Salvaggio and kind of like learn, uh, you know, a lot from it, uh, you know, and that was uh, incredible. Then I went back home and, uh, you know, kept working for the same restaurant group, always with, uh, you know, the father of my best friend. And, and uh, when I was 25, uh, I had this huge opportunity to open a restaurant with them. And uh, we opened a really nice seafood restaurant that still open, fully functioning, you know, and uh, get a lot of, uh, you know, great um, reviews and, uh, and uh, also it's like on uh, multiple guides, you know, yeah. in Italy as well. So uh, that was awesome. So I did my own, uh, you know, um, I had my own restaurant, my own place. Like, you so know, you're basically my, an opening partner and yeah. running the wine program? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was just, you know, house? I was basically GM. Okay. So I was doing, uh, you know, running the, like daily operation over there. And then yeah. of course uh, I had, you know, pretty high stakes, uh, you know, in the game. So, yeah. uh, but that was beautiful. Of course I was really young. So, you know, I made uh, a lot of mistakes like everybody does. And, uh, you know, I got to learn, uh, you know, the hard way. So um, that, was, that was definitely um, 
an amazing opportunity. And then my wife is actually from San Diego. Uh, we met, you know, during my first experience in the U.S. And then, uh, you know, she moved to Italy for, for a few years and then, uh, you know, she was missing the family and then I was ready for the next challenge. So uh, we moved to um, San Diego in uh, 2013. So right now it's uh, a little, almost six years. Wow. Close. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So how did you get linked into the Kitchen Urbana group, Urban Kitchen group? Yeah, so it was, uh, was like, you know, by accident, you know, it's, it sounds funny, but, you know, I was coming from a good amount of experience, uh, even if, you know, I feel like it's kind of like when you're 30 years old, I mean, experience is like relative. I mean, I, I was, you know, I was coming from 14 years in the business, but yeah. man, I was still so green and, you know, I stumble, you know, on an ad you know, on Craigslist, like the, the least of, uh, you know, the, 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 you know, the um, network that you could imagine find like a job and stuff. And, yeah. you know, I applied. And then at that time, um, the director of operation was our, uh, the same director of operation that we have today, Andrew Mosblick and, and uh, his wife, Kate, you know, were a big driving force for our company at the time. And, you know, we clicked right away. And uh, so uh, it's actually five years tomorrow that I work for this company. Wow, so, that's like crazy. No way on the anniversary. Yeah, it's crazy. I had a question for you. When you were coming in, were you, did you think you were green or did you think you were coming in like hot shit straight from Italy, running a restaurant, back in front of the house, knowledge, GM? You know, I feel like I definitely, like everybody probably at that age, yeah. you know, I felt, uh, you know, the first year was, def was definitely challenging because I felt I was at, you know, a little higher level yeah. of the job that I was like, you know, I was basically floor psalm at the beginning, right, 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 right. you know, and so for the first six months. And so I was definitely coming hot, you know, yeah. I was like, I was way more confident in things. And, sure. But it was such an important time for me because at the end of the day, moving, you know, uh, completely from Italy over here, there are so many differences. Mm -hmm. And really you learn how much you don't know, yeah. you know, because I was way more, you know, black and white. I've been my own boss for, you know, five years. So I was a little less, uh, you know, uh, open to yeah. some uh, of uh, the things that you have here. And sure. remember, Raf, like my restaurant was, you know, 70 seats. Right. So right now, you know, the urban kitchen, uh, with the exception of Sorella and Urbana, they are slightly smaller. I mean, we have 350 seats between bar and like, you know, form and dining room. So it's a big jump. Yeah, so. it sure is. So um, you got on hard as floor song. Yeah, it was basically and a you know, manager, manager yeah. and kind of like a slash, you know, uh, floor song. So, and what is, were you doing the wine orders at that time or was somebody uh, else in charge no, of that? No, Kate, Kate was, uh, you know, our wine director at the time. She was the one basically, you know, running the entire show. Mm -hmm. I was more like a support for her. Got it. So definitely a lot of, uh, you know, focus on sales yeah. uh, mostly. And then uh, that was the first six months and I, get, uh, I got my first promotion as a, um, basically beverage manager, you yeah. know, full throttle here. And then, uh, so I start placing orders and stuff. And then eventually after, you know, in six months, so I, one year in from when I got hired, I became assistant general manager for this location. Yeah. And then after another six months, so a year and a half, I took over San Diego County for beverage. Yeah. So Urbana and uh, this location, then Sorella um, a little after. And then, uh, you know, uh, since basically March uh, last year, uh, you know, I've been in charge of the entire restaurant group uh, with the, you know, Orange County. That's crazy. Included. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so wait, so you started at Enoteca, correct? Yep. Okay. Um, it's so interesting because, you know, I, I think we may have gone a little fast too, but for anybody who lives in San Diego and way before, I worked at Cucina Urbana for, yeah, uh, I had a that. quick stint several years ago. But even before I did that, it's, I mean, Cucina Urbana has got such, 
soul to it. And yep. it's been one of the restaurants, one of the favorite restaurants for so many people in San Diego because of that reason, right? It's something really, really special that Tracy has created. Um, and it's really cool to see how she's been able to replicate that in a lot of the other spots. Like it's yeah. a lot of times it's very hard to do. You can recreate a menu or, you know, a beverage program or things. It's hard to recreate the, the feel that you get in several different locations. I think she's done that really well. Um, but so, you know, with you, I'd love, if it's okay, I'd really love to get into specifics with you yeah. because I think like one of the, one of the advantages of doing something like this is to be able to reach out to other people who are, who are listening in and, and maybe can take some of, um, some of the things that have proven useful for you kind of as Absolutely. you've grown, um, and you know, maybe they can apply it to their own careers. Um, what do you think, you know, let me start with this. I think there's always such a big jump in moving from one location to two or three or yeah. four or ultimately five, you know, what is, um, I guess if you could go back to day one from taking that big step forward, yep. what, what have you learned? What's one of, the, one of the biggest things that you've learned from kind of the growth that you yeah. will teach yourself? I think that, you know, we're not prepared, especially when you, um, you know, approach this type of job. We're not prepared to what's, um, you know, it's gonna, what's going to happen when you start working for multiple locations and multiple outlets. So going back to your question, I feel like uh, what was uh, important for me, I really rely on my background. So when you, when you, run your own restaurant you know you're really into numbers and you're really into data and of course like hospitality comes like first but uh, for me it's really important to be organized yeah and understand that there are two sides of the business so there is the show you know and the hospitality piece that we put you know uh, like into fruition on a daily basis and that's 70 to 80 percent of the business because without that there is no business right okay after that 20% comes not just you know the, on the wine selection aspect. The wine selection, it's funny because it's one of those things in which uh, a lot of uh, us really focus on having the best wine selection and kind of like you know making sure that we have the best wines. And unfortunately, it's important, but not as important as being able to control uh, you know your selection. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, a restaurant is an industry. Is an industry. It's a business. And so the important thing, it's really to be organized and be obsessed by data. If you want to run five stores, mm -hmm. running multiple stores is way less romantic than you know, running one store. Right. Because running one store, you can focus way more also like in you know, small things like you know, the, uh, every single bottle on the shelf that they do as well. But what I'm trying to say is like data are the key. Yeah. So you need to be able to uh, you know, run a PMIX on a daily basis, sometimes twice a day. Mm -hmm. You know, especially when you have a program like ours based on retail pricing, in which you understand, mm -hmm. uh, since you are, you know, a wine director for another pretty, you know, <laughs> large and, and famous, um, you know, restaurant group in San Diego, that, you know, 1%, 2%, you know, when you have retail prices, makes a huge difference. 100%. So that's a key, really be organized, you know, really be, you know, getting comfortable and familiar with numbers, being able, like, you know, to know at any second, how each restaurant is performing yeah. and be aware of your demographic. So tell me about that. So tell me if you're looking at PMIXs once to twice a day, what type of information are you looking for? What are you adjusting on such a frequent basis? Yeah, I want to see, you know, we have a diverse wine program. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're really, you know, having Italian wines. We have an offering that it's a little bit less, uh, you know, uh, formal for mm -hmm. San Diego. 
So when we should also preface too for, you know, we didn't mention this, but you also have an incredibly unique program in that you guys are a sit down restaurant yep. that's, you know, very, it, it can service a lot of different demographics. Um, you do a lot of volume with yep. the restaurant side, but you also do your program here as a retail wine shop yep. with in-house purchases that you can open with a corkage fee. Yep. So you essentially have some of the best restaurant prices, if not the best in the city by offering up this, this pricing format. Which again, if you don't have the volume top set, it can potentially bite you in the ass, right? Yeah. Correct. So that's, I guess that's that's kind of the question. Sorry yep. to interrupt. I just wanted to preface that because it's a bit, It's not a normal. It's not like what we're doing, for example. Oh, we of do course. normal restaurant, you know, in quotations, normal restaurant markups that allow us a little bit more margin because that's what the industry standard is. Yep. You guys have created something that's very special to the customer, um, you know, yeah. the consumer side. So I think that you know it's important to um, you can get so much information on you know your P mix, mm -hmm. and you know it's important when you start running multiple restaurants to understand differences between one demographic and another one. Remember, you know we have a restaurant in Newport Beach, okay, and we have a restaurant downtown San Diego. Those two demographics couldn't be more different. Yep. So the PMix really gives you the tools, especially if you cannot be physically there on a daily basis, right. to really understand the trajectory of that specific location. At the end of the day, we're making, we're creating an offering for somebody else. Yep. The offering is not for myself or for you, as much as we can enjoy some of the wines on the menu, but it's really based on the demographic. Because the job of a wine director for me, it's to offer, it's really to offer exposure, okay, to uh, your your guests. And you know, uh, I get as excited when somebody walks in and requests a bottle of Schiava as much as I get excited when somebody comes in and asks for a Cabernet from Rutherford. Right. You know, I feel like that's really the key. Right. You know. So how do you balance? Say, for example, you're looking at a PMix and you're seeing that you know one of your restaurants, the top three sellers are you know some of those maybe for example Napa Cabernet, right? And you might you, be right. Right. And <laughs> you have some wines that you think um, you want to be able to show to certain customers because you're very excited about them. Two of those might be on the bottom three of your P mix. Yep. So the business side of you is telling you need to cut those wines out because they're not really making you money. The creative side is, but this is the opportunity for me to be able to steer somebody in that direction. What do you, how do you handle that? So I believe there are two things here. So first of all, we have uh, our owner, Tracy, when she started this program, she had a vision and you know, this vision has been, you know, carried through from uh, all the, you know, the wine director that were before me uh, for Cucina. So for me, I basically came in with a pretty amazing heritage, first mm -hmm. of all. And so depends which one is your final destination and which one is your goal, okay? So Cucina is a goal as a company is to expose people to a lot of different wines and grain varietal from all over the world. So if you have that as a goal, it is okay to have some lost leaders. Right. So those wines for me are what we call lost leaders. You have that in your Bidegas program, you have that in your bottle list. You know, so I can't cut something, something out just because it's not selling. I need to find a way to probably offer you know, the same varietal and being able you know, to offer that to guests and understand my guests. So you need to build a relationship first with them. You need to build trust on your wine program. And, uh, and that slowly you're gonna see that those people are gonna trust you and yeah. they're gonna come in and be like, hey, I always you know, drink my Cabernet. What do you have from Italy or what do you have from like, you know, South Africa, whatever it might be that, can, that you think I'm gonna like? You know my price point, you know what I'm comfortable with, you know, uh, what do you have? So that's when the magic happened, right. you know? So you know, I'm, I'm not a great believer of uh, you know, cutting you know, your, your bottom three and you know, at times, you know, I put a lot of time and, you know, I have also, remember, 
I mean, you are uh, interviewing me, but you know, behind me, there is also like a team of people, uh, you know, most of them, you know, my beverage managers, then, you know, they do probably as much work as I do, if not even more. So the team is as important as like, you know, the individual, so. Yeah, no, 100%. So let's talk about that for a second. Yep. So where, so now you're running five places, you're stretched pretty thin. You don't have the advantage of being in one location, talking to the same manager every day, seeing the same servers, being able to run up to them and yep. give them little cool, useful salesman tactics or things like this. How do you, now how do you delegate? What have, what have been some of the best ways that have worked for you? Because I'm sure you've done some things that haven't worked, some things that have worked much better. Yep. What have been some of the better tactics that, tactics that you've used to delegate the information that you have at your disposal and to be able to spread that to management who in turn is gonna hopefully spread it to their staff members and keep the kind of same excitement going? Yeah, so I feel like you know the key over there is being inclusive. So when you run a program, you know, of course, like uh, your face is going to be always the one popping up when people talk about uh, Cucina. But I think that's fairly wrong mm -hmm. because it starts with the owner. Then, of course, like, you know, it's important for me to be always inclusive in any decision with my beverage manager. And, uh, you know, um, the way in which we have done, I think, uh, a really good job with this, uh, um, with this wine program in general is, uh, for example, our Buy the Glass program. The way in which it works for Cucina, uh, you know, it's uh, every beverage manager puts together their finalized offering that they mm -hmm. would like to see based on my suggestion is just on like uh, vendors. Yep. So I give them like a little grid of like vendors that have been supporting us and want to support them. And uh, we taste together. We get together every, you know, three months. We do a huge one day tasting all together. In which this is with the entire staff? Entire yep. uh, beverage manager okay, uh, staff. Beverage managers, in yeah. which so like, you know, five of my uh, beverage managers, mm -hmm. we sit down. Uh, we taste everything together and we make the decision based on season, of course, uh, on what kind of trend we want to start. Because I also believe in, you know, um, we tend to follow trends quite a bit. Mm. Instead, it's important to start your own trend. Yeah. Uh, that gives you identity and credibility. So you become like, you know, a driving force and you don't become just like, you know, a follower. Right. Uh, it's easy time to become followers because, you know, it's a little bit more, you get like less exposed. Right. You know, instead, like it's important to start your own trend. So again, you need to hire always beverage managers that are like, you know, at a level at times possibly even better than yourself. So they're also driving you because I feel like it's like, um, it's like, um, you know, a love relationship at the end of the day, you know, um, uh, it's 50, 50 partnership. Yep. So, you know, those people that, I, you know, uh, that I have uh, on my team, like they drive me as much as I, as I drive them. And, uh, you know, every decision is really like, uh, made together. And of course, you know, at times I have, uh, my saying, you know, but, um, I believe that the team is everything we have, man. Yeah. And that's really the key. How often so. are you doing education? For, do you do education for the outlets or do you pretty much trust the beverage no, managers, so, managers I mean, to do it? I trust them for sure, but you know, honestly, with Cucina, we've tried a lot of different ways uh, to do stuff education, but um, I believe in commitment. So commitment starts with us as a company and then comes from the staff. The staff yeah. kind of like follows. So um, there are two things. The first one is commitment. I committed to this company. Uh, it's important as a wine director to understand that you're not going to change things overnight. So it takes time. So I've been here five years and I'm still at the beginning of, I'm still just scratching the surface with this company. Mm -hmm. So as a wine director, it's important to commit. For the education, what we did, uh, you know, we got together with the owner and we decided to offer paid staff education. So we decided to offer a curriculum that is the same across the five stores of, uh, you know, eight to 10 classes a year. Uh, those are paid, so it means you come in, clock in for two hours, right. and then we offer the same class 
during the same month at each location. So if you cannot attend to your own location, actually you can go to a different location. Got it. Okay. So that's pretty cool. And um, you know, since the court, you know, and the guild offer amazing tools like for one director like us, sure. you know, I decided to follow that format. Yep. You know, since also we're service driven. And, um, and that has been sensational. Like, you know, we, we were doing the same thing before, but without, you know, offering like, you know, 12 hour stuff to clock in. And we were not getting as much traction. Yeah. Right now, you know, I see sometimes 25, 30 people showing up at each location and also people from back of the house. Sure. And it's amazing, yeah. you know, so. Is it mandatory or optional and paid? No, it's optional and paid, Got it. Okay. you know, so, you know, it's, uh, but I feel like just the thought of yeah. being able to like, you know, uh, come into work two hours prior to your shift sure. and you can clock in, right. you know, the pay, it's nothing. We know it works, you know, right, but right. I feel like it's uh, shows commitment from sure. the company. Right. And then, you know, we had an amazing, uh, you know, uh, result with our staff. So yeah. no, that's know. amazing. So what do you have coming up next? I know we were talking about you guys just did a big menu change. I love yeah. the new looks on the menus. What do you have coming up for uh, 2019? 2019, man, uh, it looks as busy as uh, 18. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so we, down. yeah, right. I mean, uh, we just uh, launched a new format of our wine list. You know, I believe in, uh, it's really important to learn uh, from others. You know, I think that Wine Folly did an amazing job in actually understanding how the world of wine is actually, you know, moving fast. So uh, the new wine list is also like a celebration of uh, fun facts. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you have maps, uh, it's way more visual. I feel like our generation is so visual, so that's really important. So new wine is rolled out, almost done. And then 2019, we are working on a loyalty program. You know, uh, as you said, a lot of people in the industry are accustomed with Cucina Urbana, like, you know, they love a lot of things. So I feel like we want to be even more inclusive uh, with our um, uh, guests. And so loyalty program tied to wine club. Uh, we have started, um, right now we ship all over California. So you can actually, you know, come that's in. That's new, right? Yeah, it's new. So we started a couple of months ago. Okay. We started slowly, yeah. uh, you know, especially because- So is there an, is there an online store basically <coughs> where people can yeah, buy? Yeah, so right now, um, uh, last Friday, Black Friday, we started, um, we launched our shop online. Oh, nice. Okay. Which we started small because yep. again, uh, you know, we got to make sure that we can manage it. Yeah. That I can manage it. So <laughs> uh, we started with like a really small offering of like three packs, six themed three packs. Yeah. Uh, something fun almost everything is less than a hundred dollars yeah. you know like three bottles you know from all over and uh, so that's fairly new and so next year I feel like uh, you know with the loyalty program wine club and also with the staff education and of course like uh, you know we're heavy in uh, also um, events yeah. program uh, so I think we're gonna stay pretty busy so you know what you need to do for the wine club <laughs> tell you me need, you need to put out so I imagine it'd be like a monthly offering, right? Yeah, so there's going to be tiers, of course. You but should do a monthly video tasting through the wines that you're going to deliver to your wine club and then send them out either through direct email or however you give them that information I like that. so that they can taste along with you. I, I would become, I would sign up for that if you did that. I've seen, I've seen. Because uh, it makes it so much more comfortable and you can actually, now you're making it relatable and also that's a good way to spread yourself out because yep. you can't be in, in front of every wine club member or at every location, but if it's something that you can give them, they can watch while they taste through the wines and learn with you. Oh my God, and what? it'd probably be so easy for you to do. It's funny that you're saying that, Raf, and <laughs> that was not even prepared, so that's pretty funny, but um, you know, last, I mean, we're like, we spend so much time researching, like, yeah. you know, like R&D is like our life basically. Yeah. So yesterday I was looking at this wine club in Rome, actually, that it's, uh, you know, they just launched, but what they do, they actually have an offering of six wines, and there is actually a video from the winemaker 
from each oh of the six wines. God, yeah. So there is like a 30 seconds fast, you know, yeah. video in which uh, there is a little, uh, you know, behind the scene yeah. story of the winery and kind of like, you know, five or six quick uh, information about the wine, really to break the, break the barrier in between like, you know, the people behind the label yeah. and actually the guests sitting at the table. So that's actually a pretty good. And I'm sure they would love to do it. We've, you know, we've been playing around with the idea too. We're trying to like FaceTime into some winemakers for some staff education. <laughs> Put them up on the projector and. You know, but you, I mean. It, and it's, it's time, right? Like it saves them time, it saves us time. Like literally, if you can plug somebody in and have them talk about the product already, it's using, I guess, almost in a way technology to make it easier for everybody to do this. Absolutely. Right? I feel like that's really the, uh, that's gonna be interesting because, you know, we're constantly trying to do something new and something different, yeah. you know? However, you know, one of my recommendations at times is also to understand that a lot of really cool things have been done already. And sometimes it's just okay to replicate something that works really, really well. Of course. You know, what's amazing uh, about the wine is that, again, that's something that I really care about is like, it's important also, the way in which you and I learned about wine and we're still learning. I mean, I, I don't know much. I, you know, I constantly want to push, you know, the envelope, but you know, it's tasting the great classics. Mm -hmm taste you need to have benchmarks you know so I feel like my you know my suggestion to a lot of like you know sums out there and to myself I need to remind myself that every day is really to make sure that we are staying truth also truthful to the great classics we need to have some of those great classics on the menu and remember great classics doesn't mean five or six hundred dollars there's so much amazing affordable wine out there mm -hmm. for 20 30 40 dollars and it's really important i love when we push the envelope like you know with some new appellations you you know new region new technique natural wines whatever you know the case might be yeah. as long as you are clean and as long as we're you know keeping those classics mm -hmm. people can't learn you cannot expect your guest to kind of like develop a palate without going through the same path that we did and we do on a yeah. daily basis when you blind taste you taste unsair yeah right so, I mean, that's for me a message that's really important to throw out there, yeah. you know, and uh, we need to have that stuff on the menu. You have to have something so. to compare it to, yeah. to have a basis. What should people drink when they come here? What are you really excited about right now? I'm excited about them, you know, uh, navigate the wine list. Uh -huh. I'm excited about them, uh, you know, right now our wine list is listed by varietal, yeah. you know, to make it easier for the guest. So for me, I'm excited to see what's going to happen when we're going to give, uh, uh, you know, um, enough time to the wineries to do its job yeah. that it's really to you know um, it's almost like a silent sommelier so on the one is you have a lot of these fan facts is that on, a thing is there a silent sommelier yeah well the true right <laughs> be the first one <laughs> yeah right so the one is might be the first one but you know we cannot reach everybody sure. you know and i feel like at time is a disservice that we have in this big you know establishment mm -hmm. so the wine is going to be able to make some of the people that actually don't want to deal with some of us because at times people don't want to deal with right. us because right. we can be intimidating uh you know and that's our fault so i'm excited to see the guests approaching the wine is they having like a tool mm -hmm. uh to actually allow them to get exposed to different varietal you know i had somebody coming in you know a few days ago and it was like oh wow i didn't know i like gruner that much you know because there is a little you know prompt on gruner and this guest right now loves gruner so i hope they're gonna drink what they like yeah. i hope they're gonna drink what they feel it's best for them that's so awesome. that's my hope 
Well, cool, Augie. I appreciate your time, man. Thank of you course. so much for taking the time today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you, brother. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thanks again for watching, guys. Hospitality TV. Don't forget to follow us. Where can people follow you online if they want to see more about man, you? Man, I just want them to follow Kuchina. Okay. Uh, so, you know, boo, boo, boo. Uh, boo, boo now I'm speaking, speaking time. <laughs> group.com. Awesome. And then, of course, Facebook. And, you know, if you want to follow my profile, you know, first name, last name, and, you know, have fun. Awesome, and for sure, uh, you said in 2019 the retail shop, right? Online, yeah, that's already kind of rolling. So it's I rolling. I check that out. Yep. But you know, I'm like 2019 wine club. So. Absolutely, yep. Sign up for the wine club. Check out the shop, and uh, most importantly, also don't forget to follow us at Hospitality TV on Instagram, YouTube, and on Facebook. We are also live on the podcast at Hospitality TV on iTunes. Thanks again. Take care. Thank you. Mm -hmm.